Hi, Sex and the City fans. Megan McKeever here. Check out my podcast, Cosmos and the City, where I'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City with a slew of fabulous guests. Each week, we'll be talking through everything from who wore what and why to the hottie of the week. So grab a drink and join me on my journey. Thanks, and be sure to subscribe to Cosmos and the City in iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Improv Obsession podcast. I just want to give you guys a quick heads up on everything. Uh, This is going to be the last podcast of 2011. I know that you're upset about it. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to record more. I want to record more. I love this doing this. Uh, but it's not going to be till 2012. Uh, so start looking forward to that, though. I have some awesome guests planned, and they're going to blow your mind off, okay? So whatever that means, they're going to do it. Uh, two in my three-item agenda, subscribe to the podcast, please. People who subscribe in iTunes or other podcatching software get the episode about a day ahead of everybody else. Uh, also, if you can rate and comment in iTunes, uh, it would be much appreciated. Or come and talk to me on Facebook. I don't, you know, that'd be great, too. Uh, uh, any support positive uh, would be a preferred, but if you want to give me some criticisms, I appreciate it. I, apparently, I say yeah a lot, and people have a problem with that. Sorry, Aaron. I'm not perfect. Uh, three, last uh, item in my agenda. This episode is freaking long, but honestly, I think it's the best episode yet, so just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it for it to be this long, but it's really good, so enjoy. Um, okay, so that's it. Uh, quick review. Last podcast of 2011. Get excited for 2012. Subscribe and rate in iTunes uh, and talk to me on Facebook, maybe, uh, and strap in, because this episode is long. Okay, here we go. Last episode of the podcast for 2011. I think I peaked on that. Sorry. Here we go. It's the improv session podcast. 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 Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of the Improv Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Perlstein, and today we have a very special guest. You know him from The Smokes, and Ruben Starship, and more recently, Diamond Lion, Eugene Cordero. Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? I'm good, how are you? Ah, so tired. It's hard for me not to look at the screen while we're doing this. Yeah, no, I do that too. Because I like seeing uh, those little lever, or those little... That modulation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The levels go up and down. Well, this is going to be great for you then. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to make it louder at times, just for amusement, I guess. Okay, it's like a game that yeah. I there's no winning or losing. No, no, it's just a constant game. <laughs> okay. Uh, that I'll probably check in. I won't play it the whole time. All right. I'll check into it. All right. I hope you beat the high score or whatever uh, it is that you're hoping I to hope, achieve. I hope you start making it a game. Okay. Uh, I th- I don't think I can get louder than you. My my microphone. Yeah. Is like. And you also just don't want it to hit that, where. I think it it's hit. I think it's zero. Ah. Yeah, I think <laughs> zero is where we don't want it to right, go. Right. Right. But so, if you can get it real close. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs> I think that'd be bad for everybody. <laughs> um. All right, man. So. Uh, Oh, now I'm way distracted by that. Uh, so I guess I just wanted to kind of get right into the gate with, uh, uh, like, talking about your your early comedy uh, life and career and yeah. all that stuff. But I guess, like, early, like, comedy influences. Influences? Kid, oh, oh. Whatever. Um, yeah. I mean, as a kid, influence-wise, it would, it would be, like... 
Um, you know, I was like a big and living color guy okay. by the time I was like in my teen years trying to watch a bunch of comedy, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so at that point it was uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. But prior to that, like I, wa- I, I, I used to watch the Cosby show a lot. So I loved the Cosby show yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so when, when the Cosby show was on, you were probably, you were like a kid, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But prior to that, I mean, you know, cartoons are hilarious. Cartoons are great. So what were, cartoons, what were your cartoons? Well, just like classics, like, like just Tunes. watching Looney Tune cartoons. Yeah. Um, but even like, and I think I was a little bit, I, I feel like I was older, but still watching like the Animaniacs and stuff. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I and that, that like that kind of stuff was really funny to me. Yeah, uh, like Ren and Stimpy. Oh yeah, That's and that right. kind of stuff that was really funny to me. So like, and that was like Ren and Stimpy. I felt like when I was a kid watching that, it was already into like that bizarre, and I wasn't used to bizarre yet. Yeah, like it was a different kind of bizarre, like. Uh, because like um like the bizarre stuff that would happen in like Looney Tunes cartoons, which was crazy, of doors everywhere and like you know insane <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, um, didn't affect me as much as like when in Ren and Stimpy, like all of a sudden it it would stop being animation and for a second it'd be like this weird. It looked like a painting. Yeah, you know get, what I'm like, talking the, about? they do like really dramatic shots. Yeah, like, with the sound effect. And, right, and yeah. and it would just be like a close up, and then yeah. like the eyes are really bulging. Yeah, you very can see well, veins. very well, like done. Yeah, just yeah. like that one shot, and it was like creepy. And it was every creepy. Time. It was creepy every, every time. time. Yeah, and like I wasn't, I was laughing at it, but I wasn't sure if I liked it. Yeah, I remember with Ren and Snippy, I really remember that. Like. I liked it, but I don't know why. I laughed. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't get it. Though. Yeah, something, yeah. There's definitely something. There's going something above that my head. is above my head. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing that kind of stuff and being like, "This is funny," or is it? I thought it was funny, but I feel like I was missing something. So I was like, angry at it at times. Yeah. You just know, felt because left of that. Out. Yeah, I felt a little <laughs> left out. But as a whole, I think it was. That was, but then like, you know, by the time I was like in high school, it was like uh, In Living Color and that one season of House of Buggin', which I loved. It was John Leguizamo's sketch show. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. John Leguizamo had his own sketch show and Luis Guzman was was a cast member in it. Um, and, uh, And it was really funny. Yeah. To me. Uh, but I think it was funny to me because I was just like, these guys are like in living color was like the black show yeah, and SNL was the white show yeah, ish to me. And then, you know, (laughs) and then house of bugging kind of hit like this, like Latino guys, which was still not even me. Yeah. But like, it was still the Latino guys. So it was just like closer. Close enough. Yeah. Closer. At the time. I get that. So, uh, so I liked that season. The yeah. season it was on. Are you, are you Filipino? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 100% Filipino, which means I'm Spanish-ish. Yeah. I guess. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so that was what I watched. What, what I watched. So you, you say, uh, 
when you first brought it up, you, you, it sounded like there was like a distinction for like when you watch it in high school, like like almost as if you were. I'm probably reading into this much. Like you're trying to study it. Was there a point, like maybe in high school or whatever, when you were like, I am, I want to be a comedian or I want to be a funny person or whatever that. Yeah, I mean. However you define it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was watching. I mean, I thought things were. I loved funny things. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody did. Yeah. I don't know if I ever was like, I'm going to be, consider myself a comedian. Mm-hmm. I'm still at a weird place where I don't know if I consider myself a comedian necessarily. Um, because... Like an actor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fair. Yeah. And um, so... When uh, when I was in high school, I loved all the comedy roles. So mm-hmm. I liked doing comedic theater. Yeah. So in high school, by my freshman year of high school, I was already like liked doing acting and stuff. I don't know if I... I, I did decide that it was going to be a career of mine until like maybe my junior year. Yeah. I wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Uh, junior, senior year. Um, and I've told this, I mean, I wanted to be, my junior year, I wanted to be a priest or an actor. Yeah, I heard, I heard that from, I forgot what podcast. Yeah. So, but that was the time where it was like going through that and, you know, I was doing plays when I was a freshman in high school and stuff. So it got me into it. Um, but like, you know, I, when I, when I started really studying improv, uh, studying comedy is when I started doing improv. Okay. More. You know? Yeah. Um, other than that, I was just kind of like, things are funny. Yeah. Um, but in high school, I didn't really watch like stand up or pay attention to too much stand up. Other than like, uh, other than like Eddie Murphy or, or like, you know, Bill Cosby. But like, yeah. and again, I had a huge black influence. I yeah. Think. Um, so, um, like I was, you know, I'd watch Martin, I'd watch Martin oh, and, yeah, and you know, like that stuff. Huh. Um, but that was, that was my, my comedy, like what I liked as far as comedy. When I got into college is when I started like watching comedy for comedy's sake. Yeah. Like I'm supposed to like this okay. more. Hmm. So I had Comfort, more. Yeah. Huh? An obligation. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is something I'm getting into more, so I, I, I'm, I should probably start seeing what the different kinds of yeah. funny are. Yeah. You know? Yeah. More. Um, I still do that. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. There, it feels because like a chore sometimes. There's things that people find that is amazing that is just like, I don't, I it's know. just not my thing. Yeah, I got, I've gotten into, uh, not fights, but very like, very heated debates about uh, Mr. Shell, which I just don't, I don't think that's that funny. Uh, but like, my friend's just like, it's great. It's the best thing that's ever happened. Like, mm, yeah. No, it's not. Um, I think Mr. Show is amazing, but All right. I think it was, it was at a time, but I, re- <laughs> but I remember watching it at a time where sketch was new, like exciting and newish yeah. for me. And I was used to seeing you know, in living color and that kind of stuff. So watching Mister Show was like watching, like long form improv. Yeah, it's unique. I'll, I'll give. I'll, I understand. I understand people who who saw it for the first time or whatever when it was a new thing. It's like it's really unique. 
Yeah. But to me, it just seems like they're just selling out every sketch because every sketch just is like, well, wasn't that a weird thing that just happened? And like, but we're turning it into the next thing. Right. And so it's like, I get how it's like kind of like an improv, like the yeah. organic transition. Yeah, it was an organic thing. But I was just like, just stop. Like, just in, like let that sketch be its own thing. Yeah. And don't shit. I would really, I, I told you, it just feels like they're shitting on the last thing that they did. Yeah. And I know they're not all of the time. But, but they're just, not. Oh. But, but it's also <laughs> one of those things where it's like, because of that show was what it was. Yeah. Then people saw that that was considered shitting on it. Because if not, it was just kind of like they make these meta moves to make to make the next thing right. happen. Right. So it was like this organic thing at the time. But now that like there's more of that, yeah. then now, you know, it's at a different place. So yeah. then it's just like, it's like the first time, you know, you watch, if you watch The Matrix type <laughs> thing, you know, it's like that bullet time shit is, insane yeah the first time you saw it when there wasn't bullet time shit yeah that was insane uh or the dinosaurs in jurassic park which still are amazing yeah um it's the music it's it's the genre of thing that really helps it's all of uh, (laughs) all of that shit helps in that movie though but like so no matter what it'll have that aspect to it yeah of like this amazing first time but there'll be a dinosaur movie that looks like more real dinosaurs you know Jurassic what I mean? Park Four. Jurassic Park Four, where they're drug drug dogs. Wait, what? They're gonna be drug dogs in Jurassic Park. That that was that's what I heard was the original script for Jurassic Park Four was now they've made Velociraptors, like basically. Uh, oh man. Drug drug dogs. Drug sniffing. Okay. Drug sniffing. Well, okay. Dogs. So like, if the plot hole in Jurassic Park is like, why would you fill a an island full of dinosaurs and they could get out and kill everybody. I think it's a bigger plot hole that like why have velociraptors yeah. walking around. Well, yeah, now they're like part of a, your regular life is what the, well, which is why I don't think it got made. Yeah, when that okay, was that cool. when it was that one. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, um, I, that's the reason why uh, I feel like that's that Mister Show. Yeah. Thing always happens. Yeah, I came, I came too late to the game. Which is, but uh, uh, Kirk and uh, Dave Cross are just, they're geniuses. They're the yes. funniest people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't deny that, but I, yeah, I'm too, too fresh to really. But it's it. like, you know, do you like the state? Did you watch any of the state? I like, I like some of the state. Yeah. It's usually individual sketches. Like the older shows, it's like, it's individual sketches really like stand out. Right. Uh-huh. But because to me, like one of the, the best, I th- yeah, I think the best sketch show to me, is uh, uh, Human Giant. Mm-hmm. I love, I just love that they, they blow it up really quick. They're, they feel like succinct little things and they're fucking brilliant. Uh, but like, yeah, the Upright Citizens Brigade is really good too. But like, I, to me, when I hit that, like, I really liked that it. it was like a, almost like a sitcom, but not really. Right. It was, they're doing, I found out way later they're doing Heralds, but like, yeah, yeah that's, that's, yeah, that's great. Right. But it was a different thing. And yeah. I feel like it's also the, you know, I love. I, I think Human Giant is great, but it is like quick yeah. blackout sketches. Yeah, they're, yeah. You know, uh, and that play, and that just plays more to like my comedic sensibility. I like kind of faster or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're a shitty jobs guy. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. Well, I am. I like shitty jobs a lot. Yeah. But uh, that feels like there was a day. There was a time when shitty jobs was on their winning streak. If you mm-hmm. remember that, and uh, cage match. And cage match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were good, and I enjoyed them. But I remember, I remember, and I think it was probably like my, when I was around four or one. And I remember thinking, like, these guys are doing some kind of bullshit stuff. And it, maybe that's because as an improviser, you know, you're looking at it like, 
okay, that's kind of a flat denial, or like you're not really like somebody will ask a question like why are you doing this thing and they'll just go eh and uh, and they're still great for it like because they have so much they're so funny and they they can do strong improv stuff that they can yeah. get away with doing not strong improv. But I remember when you and the Smokes went up against them, uh, I was like, well, the Smokes are clearly did a superior show. And we're this, and you know, this isn't any offense to shitty jobs and not to talk you guys too up either. But I'm like, you guys are clearly a superior team. They won. And then when you guys, and the Smokes didn't win, I was like, I was like mad. I was like, what happened? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I, well, the reason I, I would bring up the shitty jobs aspect of it is because. Uh, in that human giant kind of way, like they they do really quick, yeah, fast stuff. But every single one of those scenes, I feel, and and uh, and maybe it's because I know them all as improvisers prior to that, and uh, when I watch it, I see how quick they're moving. Yeah. Um. I, and I I know that each of those scenes can just get slowed down and blown out if they felt like it. Right. Uh, which I think what is what makes them a great team is because it's one of those things where it's just like, oh, if they felt, if they wanted to, yeah, they can go ahead and slow the shit out of this yeah. and, and play it out. And then that would be their mono scene or whatever. But yeah, you know, that's not the mentality of that show of they do, yeah. and of what they, that show has become. So, right. you but, know, I think it's great. Yeah, they do the... Uh, yeah, I like I like that they I, yeah I feel like there's a certain thing where they they hit games hard or whatever, and they also they also play and this is my speculation on it but they play to what they want to play uh, and like nothing else. So if that means they don't want to do a three minute scene, you know where the game is like big menus or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, they don't play. Big menus is a great. I I, I just remember seeing Ben Schwartz do really uh, obnoxious big menu. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, object work and I was like well that's funny uh, but it only lasts for a minute because you know why would you I don't know that anybody would want to do that for super long but uh, on the other hand I've seen them I've seen them try to play so fast that they'll get caught up uh, <laughs> like I saw I think I think it was Donald Glover he did like a he did like a tag out and it was like it was something like so you're hitch for blank uh, and and then Sean Clements goes yes I'm hitch for blank and neither of them knew what hitch what the plot of hitch was so they were just sitting there <laughs> like that's okay funny. so you're going to get, like, allergic to shrimp. I only saw the trailer. And, oh, broke down. and it was really funny, but... Yeah. And, again, those guys are funny, and they can obviously right. come back from the slip-up, but... But, but it is a different... That. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different style of playing. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. You, I think you, specifically... To, and it's funny, because you said you don't consider yourself a comedian, or don't know whether or not to consider yourself a comedian. Uh, you have a very uh, realistic style of play... Most of the time, uh, I feel like that's 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 one thing that I feel like is a, a big strength of yours is the is the realism. Yeah, and I, I would say that is the most of the time thing. It's most of the time. It's not yeah. always. It's definitely not always. Because yeah. when you're not being realistic, you're a cartoon. I feel like it's close. It's it. They're just completely. Yeah. Other, other that like I don't I don't feel like I see you often um, break. You do, but not a lot. Not as not more you know than anybody else, right? Uh, but it's it's either like very serious, pretty real, feels very real, or just ridiculous and hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I guess that's just like, and maybe that's just like uh, the mentality. I feel like um, I like playing it all pretty real. 
Yeah. From the start. So that I could eventually go insane. I think is one of those things. Um, but if a scene plays out where I'm just like the regular man, then I like playing that as well. But yeah. Uh, and if, if, if it's an opportunity to just do a crazy character, I, I, yeah, I mean, I guess I do kind of have two sides either. Uh, and do you think they're really serious? Like, it just comes off just No, real. not, not, it, yeah, it comes off real, like, uh, yeah. there's a lot of times where I've seen maybe characters come up and create, like, a little bit weirder characters come up against you, and it's almost as if you were a brick wall, and that you're just like, I am not putting up with this. I, you are, and you, you, and you do it very well as an improviser, because I think it's really easy as a straight man to shut everything down and go, stop it, you're crazy. But you're just, you kind of, you deal with it, and you're just like, is this really happening and i feel like that's like you're a, a very common response and it just feels real yeah uh, but yeah like but um, like a very just remind, like it almost reminds me of like my stepfather and like this like just like ah uh, you're doing this again huh <laughs> yeah well i hope it's not to like negate what's happening no i don't think uh, you do at all but uh but yeah i can see myself yeah just even thinking of the show tonight i Totally, I do that. I feel like I do do that. Yeah. Uh, quite a bit, and then like we end up doing like now the smokes we're doing a Laronde in the second half for the most part, mm. so we're doing more charactery stuff, uh, which has been great. And like even in that charactery stuff, I try to keep it as grounded as I can, but I get very excited. Yeah. I think that's like when I get like very excited to do like big, crazy characters. Yeah. Um, but even with those, I, I try to see it even have like some kind of humanity to those cartoon characters so that they can still play in a world where if I'm playing against myself as the realism guy, that it's still okay. Does yeah. that make sense? Are you, are you that conscious of it or, or is that something that you just aspire to do? Cause like, am I conscious of what? Of of what it's like to be the other person coming up against your cartoonish character. Uh, I did, I, I'm the only time I've ever been conscious of it is when you just said it. Okay. I think. Fair enough. Um, so so now it's just me going like shit. I hope I hope I do that. <laughs> um, I I hope. I hope. Yeah. What, uh, uh, you say you get excited and sometimes you want to do uh, bigger stuff, and I feel like that's a problem that I personally have. Uh, and I, I feel like I, I see sometimes too is like when when you get excited about a funny idea, uh, it's it's sort of like I think it's sort of like an early maybe like two one or three one levels mm-hmm. and people when they understand like it's like when you understand and recognize what's going to be funny about this yeah. people really attack it and just like it's like a dog you know a dog when it gets to hold the toy and they just tear it the fuck apart because they're so right, excited right 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 uh, and it it's it's good at a point but it also can kind of ruin stuff and almost and blow something out too fast or whatever yeah uh, is there i don't know are there any tips for maybe getting away from that maybe not going so hard at it or not i i mean i feel like and, and i i don't know i honestly i feel like um the thing that will help that out you can be conscious of it and just know i mean the fact that you already know that that's what happens is what you can do yeah and then it is honestly, and I and and whenever people are like, "What can I work on to do it?" 
you know, to do it better. And I'm like, work with more people that you think are great and can help you. Yeah. Because yeah. the the way that that dog gets the doesn't rip that toy apart is because there's a human being that takes that toy away. Yeah. It goes, don't beat, don't rip this apart if you want to play with it again. Yeah. You know? And then that dog waits to play with it again. And when it's ready, then that, that person... So you need those people this, on your team. Yeah, this is a perfect analogy for resting the game and straight manning maybe go away from... Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, no. and, and <laughs> I guess it would be an analogy no. for that. But yeah, like sure. <laughs> but yeah, you'd want to be able to... So you want your... You know, it's your scene partner's job. If they... And they see it too, you know? Like, if they don't see it, then they're you're playing with the wrong people. Yeah. You know? So it's like, if they see it, and they see the game... I mean, people miss games all the time, and that can happen. But mm -hmm. if they see it also, and they see that you're excited about it, and you're playing it too many times, if you're the one that brought it forward, then it's their job as your, to make you look great. Mm -hmm. It's their job to be like, hey, man, chill out. Chill out for a second. Let me hold on to your toy. You know, grab something to eat, <laughs> uh, drink some water so you're not, you know, dehydrated from this plane, whipping yeah. this apart. <laughs> Let me make sure that you haven't, like, taken all the stuffing out of it. <laughs> and if you haven't already beat the shit out of it, then we can play with it again. If you already have, then we gotta just move on. Move forward, yeah. Yeah. Because this is a toy we can't even play with anymore because yeah. you fucking, you shit on it already. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so so at that moment it's just kind of like rely on your on your scene partner, you know. Oh, you you know, you guys. And that's why notes are, hey, you guys just fucking beat the shit out of that. Mm -hmm. Rather than going, hey, you you did it. It's like you two, you both went crazy. Right. Um you yeah. know, it the yeah, it's, uh I think I think Berg said this once was like the the idea that like Every note that's given at one person is pretty much given at their scene partner and everybody in the back line too, because you're kind of all responsible yeah. for it. As much as as much as it's one person's action, it's somebody can reel it back or right. you know. Whatever. Yeah, unless somebody's an asshole. Yeah, and if that happens, then you can give that personalized note of being like, "Why, why didn't you deny that everybody was on the moon?" Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, and those are pointed, but everybody knows those are pointed. Yeah. At that moment. Because everybody <laughs> feels it in the moment. Of like, ugh. Why'd you do that? Fuck. It hurt my feelings. Come on. Yeah. Come on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, so, I heard, uh, I understand that you're like, you're early doing improv was this Chicago City Limits. Mm -hmm. Short form. Short form. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. And I think that's why, I feel like that could be part of the reason why um, going big is a, is a tendency at times, you know, because you're used to be, go, go real big. Yeah. 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 Because you're used, you're used to doing presentational improv, mm -hmm. um, which I mean, I feel like the best improvisers, uh, don't necessarily have both short form and long form, but have other performance skills past just long form, you mm -hmm. know, like the best, um, because there, there's something to gain from doing short form. Yeah. Um, a lot of wonderful improvisers have short form uh, experience. Yeah. I, yeah a lot of them. Cold tons. Yeah. I knew the I could 
for a while. I mean, all, even the you. the the UCB four. Yeah. I mean, they're all coming from, yeah. you know, um, uh, some uh, short form background. If not, you know, um, they're like I, I know Ian did short form. Yeah. Well, I mean, Second City is it's short form. Yeah. It, yeah, Second City is short form, and all those guys that came out of there, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Scott Adsit and Back It All and John Lutz and all those guys, you know. Um, and then all the people that have come out of uh, Chicago City Limits that are improvisers, like John, uh, Andy Daly, Sean Conroy, uh, uh, Colton, yeah. Charlie Sanders, me. All regulars at ASCAT, yeah, sure. yeah. So it's like, so it it comes from that. Well, because it's like, you want to be able to still know which way to face. You know what I mean? Like I feel like um, sometimes, if you've only done long form improv, um, and long form improv does have a little bit more of like the writer's mentality to mm-hmm. it, rather than the performer's mentality to it, the actor's mentality to it. Uh, at the start, when 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 it was happening, and I felt like um, there'd be a lot of scenes where people are like talking very quietly, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and uh, and uh, keeping it real in the scene, but then you can't hear them. You, they don't forget that they're on stage. Right. And they're not playing it for you know. It's still a show, mm-hmm. and I feel like short form sets you up for that mentality of like you're still doing a show. Yeah. You are here to do a show. Kind of please the audience. And you have to please the audience. Yeah. You know, not necessarily, you know, short form is about literally pleasing the audience in that moment, at that second. You've got to do it at every second. Things are moving really fast, so on and so forth. Yeah. And with long form, which is why I love it way better, is that you don't have to worry about them, but you do need to know that they're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, making your partner look great is like the way that you will get rewarded by the audience. Mm-hmm. I feel like in, in long form, and I feel like in short form, you get rewarded for just being funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so you know, there's that bit of a difference there, and but but I love I loved it. I have no. Um, I'm happy I started. I wouldn't have moved to New York if I didn't do short form improv. Right. Um, I wouldn't have met the people that I've met, got involved with UCB. I wouldn't have gotten um, to do any of it if I didn't do short form or saw that first short form show mm-hmm. uh, live. And that was the first... I came to New York and watched the Chicago City Limits show. And that was the first time that I've ever seen live comedy like that. And it fucking... Blew me away. Oh. It was insane. Uh, I laughed so hard. Somebody, I, I take questions sometimes for this before, and Mono Gaffian actually asked, when was the first time you remember, and this is in all caps, freaking out because something was so funny? Was that your Chicago City yeah. experience? Mm-hmm. Just like, I, um, I didn't know this was out there. I, uh, I was a junior in high school. I was a junior in high school, and I was... Um, we went to go see like Hedda Gabler. It was like a college. It was a it was a high school. My high school went to New York for a, to go see a bunch of Broadway shows. Okay. 
and we saw like Hedda Gabler or something. This was through the three theater program. Theater program, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. There's uh, a bunch of high school students to see that. Just doesn't yeah, make no, no, we saw a bunch of shows. We saw like uh, Sunset Boulevard, and uh, and uh, I can't even remember the other shows we saw that year. But um, we saw Hedda Gabler at eight o'clock, and then there was a ten thirty show at Chicago City Limits, and you know all of the theaters for you know. Broadway theaters are all on Broadway or all on 7th and there's lights and it's flashing and it's crazy and then we drive over to like the east side and you know I'm from Michigan I don't know anything about New York it looks shady it's right next to this strip club named called Scores yeah uh, and across the street still was like this was it Chippendales that got was kind of <laughs> torn down? Yeah. So it was just real sketchy area, and we were like going to see this comedy show in uh, in Chicago City Limits, which used to be a porn theater in that corner, which made sense with all of that stuff around. Right. Um, so we walk in, not that many people in the audience. So we're sitting in the front row, and I'm a fucking 17, 16 year old kid in New York for five days, you know, thinking that I'm great actor and hot shit and fucking having a blast and joking around and whatever and I thought of myself as a pretty fun guy already and like comedic yeah um but then I watched the show um and they were doing a musical they were doing this uh they interviewed my drama teacher as the person they were doing the musical about Mm-hmm. But they did like a 10 minute musical, like maybe three or four songs. Um, and they played like, they did the blues, they did all this stuff. And when the first, when they started doing the, they started the show, I was like, eh, all right. But then the more I realized that they were making it up, I went fucking crazy. Yeah. Like at, during the musical, I literally was laughing so hard. I was literally on the floor. I was on the floor in the aisleway. Of this theater. And I must have looked like the biggest asshole. But I didn't care. I was laughing so hard. I couldn't breathe. I like... They took an intermission and I needed it. And like... I used that intermission. I needed it. And I took it too. I was like... After the musical, they took the break. And I got up off the floor. I remember for for the intermission, I got up off the floor. And I don't know. They've probably seen kids see it. But I don't know if they were just like, this kid's a fucking asshole. But... I got up off the floor, I went outside, and I'm, I was just like breathing heavy, was excited about it, and the, the house manager was outside on the street asking how the show was, and I said it was the best thing ever. Yeah. And uh, he was actually teaching us in a workshop the next morning. He goes, oh, that's great. Oh, great, you guys get to learn this stuff. And my, I never was so excited in my life. I ran back in to watch the second half and couldn't wait to do all of that stuff the next day. Obviously, you were not doing yeah, that yeah. stuff, but um, but it, it got me so excited. And then after that, the next thing that honestly made changed was the old the other time that I said holy fucking shit is uh, at the Solo Arts Theater. Paul Shear took me to a UCB show. Um, he took me to go see uh, their sketch show. Uh-huh. And they did the Saigon Suicide Squad sketch live. Yeah. And that sketch live made me laugh 
fucking so hard that literally I brought, I must have went to see that show three or four more times and brought different friends that were from my school yeah. that weren't comedy people but brought from my school and just like when that sketch started, just looked at them like, how are you guys not going crazy right now? And every time I, I saw the same part and Amy came back out and just goes like, you want to fight? You know, and she had like the snake around her neck and the, the thing on and she was like playing with the, the mouth of the snake. Every time that happened, I remember turning and being like, why aren't you guys going crazy? And I was laughing you should hard. should be on the floor waiting yeah. for the intermission. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> it was insane. And I was just like, I don't understand why you guys aren't laughing as hard as I'm laughing. And then I got to see them do improv. And that, the first time I saw an ASCAT up in that tiny theater, I was blown away. And it was like the original UCB4 plus like, um, plus the original originals. Like Horatio was there. Anna McKay was playing. Um, and like, uh, um, uh, Andy Richter was the monologist oh, and it was just like this crazy, it was an amazing improv show. Yeah. And I just was just like, Oh God, this is crazy. This is the next, this is the next level shit. Yeah. Here. But I, but at that time though, I was so blown away by it. Uh, but I was still in college and it was just like, well, I love my family like the people at use at cc at chicago city limits right now right so i'm gonna stick to doing that for a little while because i feel like you know i've i've um cut my teeth there mm -hmm. you know and then i'll uh, hopefully i'll be able to perform at ucb eventually yeah um and be involved there and i was already taking classes and stuff at ucb at ucb also okay yeah so okay cool so so you wait know. you took classes before you saw stuff no 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 um by the by the when I saw those shows, I oh. wanted to start taking classes. Oh, okay, okay. So I started taking classes, even though I was like already in like whatever my level four advanced uh -huh. study would be technically at Chicago City Limits. Gotcha. I was like, well, I'll take level one. Yeah, start over at this place. That's cool. Uh, and and took level one, and that was it for yeah. a little while. I had uh, had sort of a similar, yeah, pretty similar experience when I at UCB. Yeah. I uh, my friend was like. Uh, like a girlfriend at the time was like we should go do something I'm like like what it's like I heard this comedy theater's great I'm like okay cool so we went out to soundtrack and mm -hmm. then I had known I had sort of known of the Derek comedy guys sure and I think they were doing like their very first show maybe when they were out here like like Eric Capel was still doing the DJ for soundtrack, soundtrack. Uh -huh. and uh, and I and it was just the three of them for the Derek comedy guys and I said like well we should get tickets for that because I've seen like and I'd only seen like maybe two of their sketches I'm like I think they're funny like mm -hmm. sure they'd be good. Uh, and then I saw soundtrack and I just, uh, yeah, like just dying. Like I couldn't believe how funny it was that they made it all up. And this is, this is amazing. And that like Galavan was in it and Billy Merritt and it's just, yeah. just genius. I, and, uh, I think, uh, Husky, maybe Husky. I yeah. Think Husky did. Soundtrack. Just, and just freaking out. I'm like, it can't get better than that. And then I saw their comedy and I was like, are you fucking shitting me? Like this, this happens and nobody's told me about this for yeah, my twenty-one years of life. Like I'm, I was mad at everybody for that. It's a, such it. a cool feeling to find comedy. Yeah, or to see comedy for the first time, yeah. or like comedy that like really speaks to you like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like yeah, like it arguably yeah it changed absolutely changed my life. Yeah, uh, and you know it, I thought I thought it was pretty funny guy. You know what I thought it was a fun guy, uh, and then yeah I see that and you're like holy crap, okay. I'm, I'm not like I'm funny but not really 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, but I still have those. I still have those moments where, like, I mean, to answer Mano's question even more, I still have those moments where I'm like, "Holy fuck, man! These, these people are doing some amazing." Yeah. Shit that is crazy. Yeah. To me. Well, yeah. When I whenever I see really good shows now. Uh, I get I get like more like sad and mad about it because I'm just like how is it that good and like I don't know that I can do that I want to do that like yeah. uh, I saw I saw Diamond Lion Friday and that thing that uh, Middleditch did Thomas Middleditch did with the the like Velociraptor chicken thing uh-huh. I like I was I almost peed myself I thought it was just I was like this is the best thing that's ever happened like I, didn't, I wouldn't have thought to do that I just loved everything about it yeah it came in from the side of the stage you know. And, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I, lo- I just, yeah, I love, I love, yeah, you get those, you still get, like, really excited and blown away by I do. great comedy. I do. I, I get, I'm glad that it still happens. I, I don't want to lose that. You won't. I don't, I don't think you will. If you do, then I feel like it's all, it's done. You just gotta walk yeah, away. you should yeah. walk away. Hang up your gun. Quick. <laughs> because then there's nothing exciting, because that's the whole thing about this stuff that's the best, is that it's still... You you can never read anybody's mind, so it's always gonna be still fucking cool, I think. And now I I feel like the best shit that I get to see is from other people that, and I get to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. At times, you know, there's other shows that I'll still watch that I'm just like, holy shit, these guys are fucking great. They yeah. just did a great show. Like if I like. You know, when I watch Cage Match, if I, you know, the the other team or whoever, and I watch it, I'm like, this is a fucking great show. Or, you know, I'm there early for Diamondland, and I watch a Ruru show, and I'm like, God, these guys are fucking great. Yeah, you know? So. Um, you know, or, or I, you know, swing by and just watch an ASCAT. Or at Herald Night, I'm watching shows at Herald Night, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is, you know, this is great. Yeah. This is great shit. This makes me laugh. It's, you know... Uh, and, and the same kind of stuff happens, um, you know, at, uh, I love going to like room 101 and crash bar and shit and watching people relax. Cause yeah, like, it's a looser fuck man, there's some funny shit happening yeah. when they relax. Um, you know, and, and that's when I'm just like, God, this is so funny. God, I love that, like, I get to watch this. And, and you know, and, uh, but it's always, I think as long as it's always that shocking moment, you know, like, you still be surprised by somebody, I think that's great. You know, like, I've done shows with Wangert and Kula now, here, for, like, two years, but Wangert and I, like, have done, like, Torco shows for a long time before that, and me and Dipple, you know, did a bunch of shows before that, um, we you yeah. guys were on Ruben Starship together, right? Yeah, we're all on Ruben Williams together. Oh, that what did I say? Wait, Ruben, Ruben, Ruben Starships is the name of the team out here. Okay, Ruben, got it. Ruben, Ruben Williams, Williams the, was the, the original team. team. Yeah, got it. Uh, and then now that there's like nine of us out here, then that's the Ruben Starship team. Tomorrow but, night. Yeah, yeah, tomorrow night we have a show. But like those people, Sanders and I have done shows together for a long time, and. Every time we do a show together, you can, because you can't read that person's mind, even if you know them, like the back of your hand, they're going to surprise you because they want to surprise you. Yeah. And you want to surprise them, you know? Yeah. So you're making moves that are just 
you would never make with anybody else. Yeah. And therefore, there'll be moments that are greater than other times you do shows. Right. Or, you know, the opposite is true, too. When there's people that you've never played with before, uh, but you're in the mindset of just like, hey, man, what we can only make this up. Yeah. You know? Um makes it fun like last night we did a show at um crash bar and i've never nice done people. a show with frank before yeah i've maybe done a show with toonie once and Susie and i have done two two or three shows together yeah. maybe tops um but like that show was a surprise uh it's like that pleasant surprise of Every scene just was a blast. Yeah, but, it was a lot of fun. But that's, you know, but that's why you keep doing it. I mean, that's what's great about it, yeah. I think, still. Uh, but that's why I still get those moments. Um, but I'm not, other than those, when I was, I don't know what ha- has happened to me, but I guess I'm just not that type of person who, like, falls down and, and rolls in... The, the aisles anymore yeah um yeah you kind of there's a there's a point where you like want to especially like being around your peers and stuff where you're like not you're not too cool for it but you're a little bit you're like i, I love what you're doing don't get me wrong but you don't want to go like you are a genius in everything you do is yeah, hard, yeah, you know? yeah 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 uh yeah I, yeah yeah I get that but sometimes that stuff still happens yeah um yeah I get stuck. I, I mean, the Smokes is a great, the great team, and uh, uh, everybody on there. Uh, had, I've seen a show, and they've just they've slayed me with something that they've done, uh, and I feel like that. And I've seen I've seen you laugh just at stuff that they're doing on the backline or in the scene or whatever. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure that yeah, you constantly, still get that enjoyment. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Uh, it's great. So, you were uh, you were you were my one on one teacher. The first class I ever took. Uh, or the first improv class I ever took. Uh, Did you do short form before that or anything? No. No, you, you, we, uh, actually you, you, uh, you asked me if I had done improv or something before and I had done the two sketch classes and you were like, yeah, you, cause you have like a really good grasp on game. And then I was like, oh cool. Like you just left the conversation after that. But I was like, so like, oh, this is the greatest. Like I'm, <laughs> I might not be terrible at this thing that I enjoy. Um, so thanks. Yeah. Uh, that's the only reason I stuck with it. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, so you teach classes, uh, a fair amount, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what's... usually like four classes, uh, at a time. Yeah. Four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like you're teaching, you teach one, I know you have an advanced study. And... Uh-huh. Like... I teach, uh, one, one-on-ones, three-on-ones in advanced study. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I guess like for people, I guess, okay, so like three-on-one in advanced study, well, is, is there... I mean, I know you have a curriculum. Uh-huh. Uh, There's curriculum very... for the 301, not for advanced study. Oh, you get to make that one up? Yeah, yeah, that's your curriculum. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so for... Th- okay, let's just talk about 301, or I guess, like, the later students. Uh, or, yeah, just in general. Uh, so I know you have, like, a that. But is there something that maybe... Is there a way that you maybe approach it that's different or something that you are like, I want to do, I want to help with this thing that happens, or... When people uh, come into 301, you mean? Sure. Or do you mean just in, in general? When I... General teaching, I guess. Because, I, yeah, I feel like I... I don't know. I feel like probably every teacher brings a little bit of their own. Yeah. Yeah, by 301, I, to the best of my ability, I try 
to make sure that everybody doesn't feel like they suck. Because everybody does. In because everybody does in three hundred one. Yeah. But it's a hard thing to do, and 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 especially around two hundred one and three hundred one, um, you, you feel that way, more because of, your the other students in not a bad way, but just because like everybody is. The mentality, you know, you're one-on-one, you're going like, okay, don't judge anybody, don't judge yourself, just go out there and do what you can do. Mm-hmm. 201, 301, you are judging everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially 301. 201 you do, and then 301, you're getting to the point where you go, why the fuck is this person in 301 Yeah. with me? This yeah. person sucks. Um, why is this person in 301? Oh, this guy's great. I want to do all my scenes with this guy. This girl is hilarious. Where'd she come from? She must have... Oh, yeah, she is from another... She's from Iowa. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, oh, where's this... Oh, okay. You're describing oh. all of my classes Right. Perfectly. So then you're going into that... Oh, oh, well, that person's on an indie team with these people. He just hasn't gone through the levels yet. Oh, okay, great. So then you... You are stuck judging everything that's happening, mm-hmm. and then you have to learn the curriculum. Mm-hmm. So it's hard, and it's just hard to get that group mind going. And 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 it's one of those things where I don't mind taking the bullet for it, for a lot of it. Because I know that, you know, um, in 301 especially, trying to get people out of their heads and trying to get people excited about doing a pattern game you know and excited about doing group games is mm-hmm. basically you know your your 301 is mainly about making the group mind happen yeah start making group games happen start making group mind happen what do you mean by taking the bullet you, you say you, you don't mind taking the bullet uh uh just because like 201 and 301 your teachers are great i mean there's great teachers yeah um but sometimes the teacher can come off shitty mm-hmm. because the class is hard. Yeah. You know? Um, and the curriculum is hard or it's hard to pick up or, you know, especially after 201. 201, you work on game for eight weeks in two-person scenes. Mm-hmm. And then 301, you're hoping that you're still going to be working on two-person scene game work-ish. Mm-hmm. But you kind of leave that and do this other thing. And you're like, whoa, 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 why am I moving on to this other thing when I haven't even really mastered this other thing yet? Right. Um, and the curriculum for, I feel like all the UCB classes is, I've said this before, just constantly challenging. Yes. Like, I really feel like every every day is the absolute limit of what I mean, I'm feeling, like, what I'm capable of. I feel like every day I'm just going in, I'm like, I'm putting everything I have into this. Uh, and, and, yeah, like, it's easy... It's easy to turn out, and even in early levels, too, to just go, like, uh, to get turned away from improv, the teacher, right. other students, because mm-hmm. you just, you, you don't, I guess you don't always fail, but it just, it's like, it's like war, it's just bad, it's painful, and your teacher doesn't laugh, and nobody really laughs, right. you had to stand there for three minutes and not get a laugh, and it's just brutal to do, Yeah. and yeah, I get, it's very easy to just go, like, fuck this guy. Yeah, yeah, and it is, and also, I feel like... Um, I, as a teacher, um, I'm different than I am as a performer. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So you are. <laughs> so uh, it, it. You're very calm. It's very. Uh, yeah, you know, I'll get I'll get that more often than not. That I'm like. You know, like oh, I, I did not think that your class was going to be the way that your class was. Yeah. Uh, when I was going to sign up for this class. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, cool. That's great, man. <laughs> Good for you, because. Uh, but it's but I but at the same. But well, no, just because it's like well, I don't. I'm not going to change. Like my personality, I feel like outside of doing shows is different. You know, I feel like I'm a pretty laid-back dude. Yeah, you're not general. like a... I don't feel like you're like a bit guy who's constantly doing that. Yeah. Or, or like, or even try... Or even maybe looking for it. Like, I, I remember... I actually remember having a conversation with you as well. This was another time. And about, like, wearing the UCB hoodie and how I feel sometimes self-conscious when I go to the theater is a long time back. I was like, I don't... Like, I'm not really part of the theater, but I like the theater. Still, you know? And you're just like, like, yeah, man, who cares? <laughs> like, just wear it if you want to wear it. And I was like, all right, like, all right, that's cool. You're just like so casual about yeah. it. Yeah. But it was, yeah. But I feel like, and I, and I, I feel like once, I'm, I mean, as, as a teacher and as, as a, a person, I feel like I teach similarly than to how I am in regular life. Mm-hmm. Like I'll joke around, I'll have a good time in the class, but it's, it is to a certain extent kind of like pretty calm, pretty laid back. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but then, uh, you know, when I perform, I feel like there's, I'm, I'm hypersensitive to things more right, when I perform. Yeah, so, performing. so you're performing. So that's why the energy, I feel like, is a little different. But it's still kind of the same-ish. But I would assume, I, I, I'm assuming people would think that I'd be more like f- nurturing, fun. I don't know what it is. I don't think I, don't think I would have expected... Or you to be nurturing. I think uh, maybe fun. I was like, yeah, because you you know you like that. It's you know what it is. It's that it's that. Like I say, you you go you go to a cartoon, uh, sometimes, and when you're like, oh man, this guy's gonna be teaching my fun improv class, and especially early levels too, where you still believe it's fun. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, you're like oh, it's gonna be fun, and then it's just like, all right, we're gonna be uh, working on some just basic group games. <laughs> it was like, what? Why? Why? What are group games? Tell me more. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sell it to me, man. Why yeah. do I want to do Pillars of Light? <laughs> right, right, right. Um, yeah, and uh, and I guess that's just not my demeanor. <laughs> I don't uh, think I don't think any teacher though. I don't think well, your one oh one oh ones, you'll sell it. Yeah, you'll sell it in your one oh one more than any because it's the hardest one to teach. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like you have to sell it more just because it's hard. 101 was still my greatest class because we had a, a really cool class. It was like instantly bonded. We did like a weird cheer thing. I, we just had Tuesdays at 7 because that's when we were uh-huh. after every class. And like we all got our hands in there. So it was like there was a that like, you know, that group mind that you're aiming for in level three that you hope you can like foster and create yeah. was something that we were just like doing already. And it because was, nobody oh, cared. Nobody cared. So good. So and good. it's like. Hopefully by four oh one people don't care again, but it's impossible. Yeah, you well, have to do four oh one a couple of times. We did. Uh, yeah, I had uh, I had four oh one with Billy Merritt, and at that point, I had I had like little journals like this where I'd go do jams, I'd go there, I'd do shows, and I'd just uh, I'd write down so many notes for myself. I'd record them on my phone, then listen to them and write down notes for myself. 
and other people in it and just like you're really heavy and you just hate yourself about it. you're really yeah. trying to be good at this thing that you like and I had my 401 class uh, and there was a guy in there named Ryan Rosenberg great guy great improviser and he I think he'd taken 401 before and like right before our halfway show we were all stressed out he's like hey you know what? I'm just gonna try to have fun with the show and like you really got this like positive thing going it's the greatest guy in the world for it we had the funnest show we could possibly have uh, and we really enjoyed it we thought we did a great show and then we had a sub giving us notes uh, and just tore us up. Just was like, I don't know what the hell that was. I don't know what that mood was there. It didn't make any sense. There was no game here. I don't know why you guys followed this. Why did this scene get edited? It was like, just beat down. But like, it was, I remember just like feeling like a high point. Like, oh, this can be fun again. This is exactly what I'm doing. And then you're like, oh yeah, but there's a reality of not everything that we do that's fun is necessarily good. Right. And it was brutal. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you that sad story. But that's, <laughs> but that's great. But that's good to, but finding that balance is what's great about it, though. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, like there, there's constantly the... a flow back and forth between just having fun and then like going back to the the hard work of it. Yeah, because I mean, and but you have to do both. Yeah, I feel like constantly trying to do the best improv you can do at every moment gets boring. It's boring. Yeah. Because you're not, you're doing math. Yeah. You know? Well, that's, I mean, that's kind of what you were saying, you are speaking to a little bit earlier, just like keeping it fresh and being surprised by it. That's, yeah. That's the fun. And yeah, right, it. right. Yeah, I mean, it's... And that's it's, ultimately, what, ultimately what makes, I think, any scene is good, is like the, the, the most rigid, like perfect scene feels rigid and perfect. Right. You know? And I, I, I think it's, it's one of those things, too, where... You know, because I've done a bunch of shows with a lot of these guys, it's like, I know what you want me to do in this scene. Mm-hmm. But is that fun for me <laughs> to do yeah. that thing? And if it is, then I'm going to do it. And if it's not, I might still do it because you seem very passionate about your scene. Yeah. But if you're showing me a little bit that you don't like it that much, then I'm not going to do what you want me to do. Yeah. Because I want to make sure that we're doing the most fun thing that I feel like I can do in that scene also. Yeah. So then we'll switch it up a little bit. Or if it looks like you're not 100% behind it, but it seems like a fun thing, then yeah, you know, then you'll support it to the best of your ability that way. But like finding game and playing game, I feel like people are still like, I don't, you know, like the definition of what a game is and stuff in scene work. Um, like, uh, if they did it on purpose or not, like, I'm still thinking of it as a game. Like, finding the game of the scene, but I still think of it as, like, a, a board game or a game of tag or something like that, where um, it's, here are the rules to the game. This is what this game is about. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to try to win it. <laughs> okay. Now I want to win the game. Yeah. I'm going to have more fun challenging the game than I will, you know what I mean, within playing the game. Yeah. Okay, you know how to play tag. Yeah. You know how Red Rover works, so now you have to work to get, look for the flaws in it and yeah. and, and play the flaws. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. If the game is, you know, bull in the china shop, um, if that's the game, then... Um, I want to challenge that game to the best of my ability of like 
what happens after the bull knocks over all the china? Mm-hmm. The game still has to continue, but let's challenge that game then. Let's see yeah. how it plays otherwise. Let's see how it plays in a different way. Or if we want to play it, you know, if if the mentality of it is um, this guy always has the, you know, everything he says is the uh it like has sexual innuendos to it innuendos mm-hmm. to it uh, that's how this person talks sure uh then i want to put them in a situation where there's no sexual tension at all yeah. and see if they could still play their game yeah you know to challenge the improviser because it's like okay we get it yeah we know what it is i get it yeah you know it, it, yeah it's making it i guess it's not making it too easy is if you, you know somebody talks about sexual innuendo or whatever, uh, you know, right? So putting then, them on a flight full of sexy stewardesses sure. is not hard or really even that rewarding, right? Uh, but putting them in a prison that'll be that'll be tough, and they get there in the prison with in a in a shower, in a sh- prison shower with a bunch of dudes that are gonna rape you. <laughs> But you can't not talk in sexual innuendos. You're going to get raped. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So then that's the fun, like, hey, this thing that was a positive thing for you in every other scene is going to get you raped yeah. in this scene. Yeah. That, you yeah. know? I get that. Um, so that's what I love, the, that aspect of the game or playing game or having fun in that sense of playing. But, yeah. But then that goes... That's one way I like to play when it's all realistic based and focused on that. And then the next minute I'm like fucking playing a winged, you know, monkey. Yeah. Well, the uh, on that, in that same show, the Friday, it was you were excited to have made ice. Uh, yeah. And that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever seen. But it was hilarious. It was just you. I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard to it's hard to describe how being excited well no being excited to make ice is weird but mm-hmm. it was just over the top so enthusiastic like i was yeah. up all night i couldn't stop thinking about it oh man well that yes. was because it was based off of fernie's story yeah, yeah, yeah. I the remember. same thing so it was just kind of like blowing out that ridiculousness yeah, Fernie's of amazing. him which is great which was a great story yeah. <laughs> but yeah and, and i feel like moments like that it is already a heightened reality for me of like, we hear the grounded, rea- you know, because I feel like off of monologues, you're always immediately doing second beats, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. Well, I guess since we're getting towards the end, I, I don't want to keep you for forever. Uh, I guess we're going to get Why? To... Are there a bunch of other questions? Oh my God. I could go on all day. Really? Yeah. I, I really love talking improv. That's why I started this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, stuff about musical improv. I mean, obviously, you know, you have a little whole acting career. I saw you on the office. I was all excited. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about with you, but we don't have to do that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is a new segment. Uh, not that new segment called the pearls of wisdom nice uh and uh and that's uh, i like the name thanks my my friend gina gusto came up with that mm-hmm. and and then like four other people when i started doing it <laughs> people love puns um so uh i just uh do you have did you ever get a note or uh remember learning something or maybe even a self lesson that really 
that really stuck with you and really improvised or <laughs> changed how you improvised or influenced you heavily? Oh, wow, I built that up. But uh, rise to the occasion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what was the note that I got? Um, uh, well, basically, it was uh, the, the idea of uh, I was I think it was who was I think it was Ian Roberts uh, doing like it was like one word story and I use this even in when I when I teach one word story uh-huh. is um, when you're doing one word story and you're going around in a circle for a while and you just say the over and over and over again because mm-hmm. it makes sense it's okay every story needs the the guy <laughs> and uh, and that stuck to me of like coming from short form to long form of being like okay you don't have to be on yeah all the time and I think that's what stressed me out about short form improv you had to always be fun you had to always be on be and different. you know and with the mentality or knowing how I am outside that is not, that's exhausting, you know? That's yeah. not in my personality to always be, like, constantly doing bits, constantly yeah. doing stuff. So I love doing it in short, I sprint, I sprint bits. Yeah. I'm not a long-distance runner. Um, so so that note of, like, there's always going to be a, the, there, every store needs a the guy. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, great, that's great. That that's a great note that I love that I still think about. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's another note that I got that? Um, uh, I don't know if it's. I don't know. I, I I just I, I I don't know if I have much like huge revelation notes yeah um some people don't that's right. yeah it's more of just like just do the rep uh, my my main note is that I I like to say is just just do the reps man yeah just do it just keep doing the reps I mean how many do I have to do until I'm ready for Harold Knight like just tell me how many how reps many, you how need? many how many shows do I have to do um, I'm at like 63. Are you at 63 shows? I'm at 63. Have you really counted how many shows you've done? Yeah, man. I'm weird. I'm and that, is that including your 101, like your that's graduation like, that's, shows? That's maybe? including, uh, wait, no, 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 no. Those are, these are only shows that I've done with teams or like the Crash Bar Lottery. Uh, not, not jams, but things where like I knew beforehand and I had at least, I cut, you know, like 15, 20 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, a, like to me, what I really defined as a real show, which is completely an arbitrary definition but yeah uh you don't consider jams no 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 i mean i i love doing them and i I feel like i can put in some really good work there like that's uh yeah if you can put in some really great work in jams but yeah uh usually a lot of times it's like that facilitating role i did i did the one on monday and i was i was never been more proud of myself like we were doing a really great game we're beating the hell out of it and somebody lost it somebody like started having like a conversation the guy didn't understand what the game was and so they ended up having like a 30 second conversation that was quiet and nobody knew what was going on. Uh, and I, I got to come back in 
and uh, I said something like that was perfect. It was on game, and it made it seem like what they were doing had been on game the whole time, uh-huh. and I, and like got a huge laugh from it. They edited the scene, and I just like I got I. I reminded myself of like Joe Wenger. Like I feel like Joe Wenger when he does a really good thing, gets us or like saves or not saves the scene, but gets out of it. He does not smile. He just like walks back to the back back line, head down, and like mm, did that did that right. And yeah. I did I did just walk back to him. I'm like yep, did that right. And I was very proud of myself. Yeah, I was, I was freaking out after. Good, <laughs> that's great. I don't I don't know how many reps it takes. All right, how many licks does it take? <laughs> but uh, but it's a lot. Yeah. Um. Because it's it's not only how many it takes to get on a team, but it's how many you're willing to do to get on a team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh because the you know, there's and and how much you have to accept that you'll do shitty scenes. Yeah. And your shitty scenes might be in your audition. Yeah. And then you oh. just have to accept it for what it is, yeah. you know? Oh, I did two shitty scenes. The two shittiest scenes of my life? Maybe. That's why I'm not on a team. Okay. And you just have to accept it as this thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're making shit up. I feel like that's another thing that people have to realize. You're making shit up, man. So don't don't worry about it. Yeah. You can't be that upset or excited about it. <laughs> you're making it up. Yeah. You're making it up on the spot. Yeah. Your, your work, your hard work will, will make those consistently good. Um, but you're still making it up, so you'll still have a shitty show. Well, I still have shitty shows all the time, and the and and I guess this is what either makes me cocky or, um, or uh, or whatever. Uh, I guess it just makes me cocky. Is uh, if I have a bad show, improvising, then I just go, well, I I fucking made it up. What do you What do you expect me to do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> If I if I mess up because in a sketch show or in acting work, it's because I fucked up. I didn't do my work. Yeah. But in improv, um, I made it up. Yeah. Um, in the moment. So, what do you want me to do? If I didn't listen in that scene, that happens. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, but I was still making it up. I was trying to make it work. Because yeah. I stopped listening for a second. I understand that I stopped listening for a second. I understand the rules of what I'm supposed to do, but we're still making it up. That's so nice of you for yourself. I, I, don't, I usually don't let myself off the hook. Yeah. See. Well, but, and, you know, you'll let yourself off the hook more and more the more you'll, you, you do it. Hopefully. Yeah. The more you let yourself off the hook, the more relaxed you'll be as a player. Yeah. I feel like. The more you laugh at the shitty seeds you do rather than beat yourself up about them yeah the better you'll be as a player too I've just been like man I had what were you trying to do holy fuck I fucked that up bad yeah that happens that'll be a Wenger thing Wenger will set up this great scene Kula set up a great scene yeah. both of those motherfuckers yeah Anthony King set up a fucking amazing set it up Basically, just lay it out for me. Yeah. And I'm just like, what'd you say? <laughs> like, in my mind, just like, what? Oh, fuck. I fucked up. This and I know. Gem, yeah, and I know at the time, after it's set up, there's a laugh after the setup. And I just go, and I know, I hear the laugh. I'm like, Uh-oh. what? <laughs> fuck you, man. I fucked up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Let's work it out. Because we got to play something else now. Because I 
didn't get it. Oh, I fucked up. That's awesome. And then after the show, I go, hey, Kula, what was that thing that you were doing? Oh, I was playing the... Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. That would have been great. Yeah. Oh, shit, man. All right. What are you going to get? I'm, I'm probably just going to get a taco salad. <laughs> you know? And then that's yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so you're uh, like, oh, okay, you know, dies on the stage, nobody ever sees it. Yeah, nobody sees it. If people saw it and loved it, then great. Yeah. If people saw it and hated it, then they'll forget it. Yeah. <laughs> they'll see enough. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, I guess and that's that's about that's all I got. Yeah. Uh, mostly. Uh, like, let's call it a day. Is there anything that you want to uh, plug? Uh, promote. I mean, I know you're trying to get in Jurassic Park four, Eugene. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we need trying to, to get in Jurassic Park four. I think one of our maybe like my like hundred listeners or less, maybe one of them. Is that help. where you're at already? I think so. That's great, About man. 100. Um, yeah, trying to get in Jurassic Park four. Make it happen. Make that happen. <laughs> uh, you know, Diamond Lion smokes. Ruben shows are all happening, which are great. Um, and then. Uh, hopefully there'll be more in the new year and more fun, uh, acting work and stuff like that too. Uh, uh, there's a, a cartoon or a show or something that you were on coming up, isn't it? Oh yeah. Uh, this, uh, life and time of Tim, life and times of Tim, uh, on HBO this, this month. So a couple of episodes of that, which will be fun, hopefully. Cool. Um, and then other than that, yeah, just... Putting the head down, man, uh, and trying to do the work. But uh, yeah, I'm curious of what those other questions are, though. By the way, uh, I mean I'll blow over them real quick. Uh, oh, there's so much. Uh, get it going up through UCB because we didn't talk about any of your. You can already, here. yeah. But at this point, you could edit it at this, right? <laughs> oh no, I'm not going to. Uh. I, don't, I don't edit. Uh, Getting on Herald Night at UCB, mm-hmm. uh, coaching for Herald Night, because I think you've done that before. I, yeah. I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you talked a little bit about the stress of Herald Night uh, and the auditions, uh, uh, what it's like moving to LA, being po- a post-Herald improviser, I think is a, uh, a period that I don't know a lot about um, that interested me. Uh, I also, let's see, what, uh, wh- oh yeah, Muay Thai, I know you do that, and I wondered if there's anything maybe crossover, but like in discipline and how... To put in the reps and stuff like that, I feel like maybe there's a crossover there. Wow, that's uh, a great one. So uh, there's a couple of, but yeah, yeah. so that all those crazy yeah. Muay Thai is very similar in that. Um, it kind of in a way when we do uh, my uh, my crew, which is like your sensei or whatever in Muay yeah. Thai, uh, is this guy Nakweed who's amazing, and he uh, he has his Nakweed isms. Which is, you know, uh, you always have to have balance, which is true of it always. Um, and, and your footwork is always, you have to constantly be aware of your footwork, which is like just like this kind of steady march that you do in, in, in Muay Thai. But it's the same steady march that you do, I feel like, in improv, where you're constantly just listening and waiting, listening mm-hmm. and waiting. Um, and then he is. Uh, and his big thing, the way that you'll get hurt in Muay Thai is if you think too far ahead. Mm-hmm. If you're like, this guy's going to punch yeah. me, so then when he punches me, this is what I think I'm going to do. Yeah. 
if you do it, if you fight that way, you're gonna get hurt because you're trying to read that other person's mind. Which is really so, fast. Like it's a yeah. Very, it's I mean, not a lot less martial arts are, but that yeah, it's a lot of different angles of yeah. attack. Eight eight uh eight limbs, man. So uh, there's you know elbows, knees, legs, hands. So there's different ways to get hit. Yeah. Or hurt. Yeah. Uh, and it can come from everywhere. So you just have to listen. You have to like, constantly be paying attention. Constantly be listening. And the more that you think, the less you can react. You know? Yeah. Uh, right. And it's the same sense. It's the same thing. Yeah. So he's always just like, hey, you got to relax. You have to not be tense. You, you know, be like worm is what he says. Be like a worm. Just relaxed. And it's like, great. And if you like think about improv it's the same same mentality the more tense you get about like how can i make this next thing happen you're gonna miss you're gonna miss something that could happen by just paying attention to that moment right or you're gonna miss something because you're worried of getting your game across oh, we gotta make sure that this game gets picked up oh i gotta set up this i gotta do this and it's just yeah. like ah oh. The other, your scene partner just threw two punches that you had no idea were coming. Yeah. And you don't know how to react to it. Yeah. Uh, so then you just get stuck. So I feel like it's that kind of same thing. And also just like, the that's another, that's, Muay Thai is one of those things where it's, you get beat up until you get better. Yeah. You know? Uh, and I feel like improv is exactly the same way. Yeah. You get beat up until you get better. Did yeah. Did, uh, did so many. I did a lot of jams in, in my early. Just terrible. Yeah. Doing. Te- I knew I was doing terrible stuff. Right. I'd just be upset. Like I'd go home. I was like I didn't. I did like two scenes. They're the most terrible things I've ever done. Right. Yeah. And you'd be doing scenes, and this is the same thing. Like I'll I'll spar with some of the fighters, you know, like, and and it's one of those things where it's just like I've been doing it for a while, and I'll spar with some of the fighters that are that are you know newer fighters and it's like okay this is a good sparring session and then you'd spar with somebody that's been fighting for a while yeah and you'd get you're you know you, you, they won't beat you up because they won't yeah. you know it's, they they just won't do it because everybody <laughs> but you'll get tagged a bunch yeah and you just go fuck I guess I'm not where I think I'm at yeah um or you know and then you you know and then you leave the ring and they go like, you know, all you had to do was stop being tense about it. Like, the moves you were making were great. You were just worried about him. You were worried about what was going to happen to you. You know? And I feel like that's the same thing. Like, you know, it's like the way the lottery works or the way those jam type things work when people play. And I love doing stuff with new people or like playing in jams and stuff. But you see those looks. You know, you step out to do a scene with somebody who is in classes mm-hmm. uh, and they have that look of like I better not fuck this up yeah and it's just like ah you're setting yourself up yeah to for yourself yeah you know um, you're making it hard on this scene for yourself already. yeah just, yeah unsure of your idea yeah unsure of your idea or sure of your idea 
and then whatever I respond with to your idea. No, no, no. That's not what my idea was. Right. Uh, that's not it. Come on, come on. Play my, play on, my idea because it'll be a fun so, idea for I've you. I've written this out in my head. Yeah. It's so good. Uh, it's so. going to be a sketch at Spank in like three months. Like, just do this. Oh, Trust God. Me. It's so much. It's too much. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, so it's a little bit of that mentality. Uh, very similar, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I love, I love them both. They're both therapy for me. Good. Yeah. Glad you're okay. Yeah, I've uh, <laughs> I've gotten, uh, I've I've done. I think I did like a show, a couple of shows in New York with a black guy and stuff. Uh, from Muay Thai. Oh, with a black guy. Okay, yeah. I think I said a black guy. A black guy. I've done a couple of black okay. guys. Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't and then as far as like coaching a. Uh, Harold, I coached Bangarang for a year. Yeah. I coached uh, Flap Jackson before that. I didn't love Flap Jackson. Yeah. They're really good. Or, Both teams were great. A lot. Um, Bangarang's just their own, they're great. They're their yeah. own thing now, and it's so, I love what they do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, coaching your Harold team is the same. Um, it's just like, they're more stressed out. Really? It's a more stressed, more stressed out. out? Yeah, sure. God. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been thinking about but like in my head, like I couldn't, I couldn't do either the two Harold editions I was qualified for, and I, and in my head, I, I started to like play out in my mind because I couldn't do it last time. I was really feeling good about my scene work. There's no way I would have made a team. But I was feeling really good about. Were it. Were you just not in town? Yeah, I was out of town. Uh-huh. Though I found out, you know, they they announced it like a month before. I was going to Washington D.C. for like the week that when it happened. Yeah. So I, I was really bummed out. Uh, but, but yeah, I was th- I was feeling really good about it, and then I remember thinking like, well, what would I do if I got on the team? I'm like, well. I'd see if I'd ask every group I know to let me be their group, or I'd like want to do because I really want to practice it and get good. And then also like I talked to Mono about it before, and like the idea of you have an opportunity now of being on the UCB Herald team, uh, and that can mean a lot of things for the future of improv, career, whatever you know, comedy, writing, acting, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then how do you utilize that you know year that you get in the best possible way? And I remember yeah. thinking about like God, that would be so fucking stressful like I'd have to cut back hours of my work and like yeah and and you know you think about that and then you try to take the stress away from it and you try to bring in the idea of like you gotta realize that UCB for everybody is you know it's not a it's not a um, end result it's a stepping stone for other things you know right yeah so in that step you have to take it in stride with everything else and just kind of play it have fun with it and just like, you know, relax into that moment. And, you know, it's, it's a stressful night to do, you know, good shows and, uh, and, and Bangarang and Flap Jackson both did great shows and yeah. it's because they, they, they trust the, the group mind, I think is huge for Herald teams, uh, and getting that group mind and, and leaving the mentality, losing the mentality of, um, losing the mentality of I gotta do great on this team yeah and just going like this team has to be great yeah uh, it takes a little while yeah it takes a little while to go like I gotta show that I belong uh, and also you know not I mean when I got onto a Herald team uh, it was rough it was rough uh not that many people knew who I was. Uh, there was like a, this thread. There's this thing called the Improv Resource Center. 
the uh, that heavily. The IRC. Yeah. Um, and there was a th- whole thread about how shitty of an improv- improviser I was. Are you serious? Uh-huh. From a Herald Knight. What? I gotta a, find There that. was a thread <laughs> that was just like, what is, basically like, what is this kid doing? The movie made in the opening did not make sense. Everything he did in his scenes just negated. He was just shitty. Oh, basically. Uh, there was this whole write-up. And then there was a second one, I think, that was similar in that way. And this is within like three months or four months of me being on a team. Uh, you know, and it was just like, fuck, man. Like, uh, you know, and it's anonymous. Nobody knows who the person is. I mean, I don't know. And, you know, it's like somebody has a yeah. handle or whatever yeah, and, yeah. and started posting on it. And I had no idea it was even on there until like, uh, like Chris Gethard or something was like, hey man, there's this thread about how <laughs> shitty of an improviser you are. Oh, no. uh, and, uh, and it was one of those like kind of thick-skinned moments where I'm just like, you know, at that point too, I'm like, well, I, I understand it. There's, you can understand that people are like, why is this guy on the team? We don't, you know, we well, there's a lot in. of jealousy and yeah. anger that comes from mm-hmm. anybody and yeah and, and you know and, and being new to you know a team or being new to Harold Knight there's that additional stress already so it was just kind of like oh man this is crazy but uh, oh, but man. it was fine I'm sad it was little fine. Eugene Cordero that's heartbreaking it was fine it was it was totally <laughs> fine it wasn't even that uh, because what was great about it and what was you know like all press is good press, honestly. And it was one of those things where if like later if if I looked at the thread, by the time I looked at the thread it actually made me happier than it made me upset. Like when I saw the his post, I was like, Oh fuck, this guy really hated my show and is giving me individual notes. Yeah. Like that's shitty or and he's he's like putting out in the universe that I'm shitty. Yeah. Um but then reading the responses to it. Yeah. Of like people that I looked up to as improvisers, uh, writing great shit about me. I'm like, oh, that, that works out well. Huh? Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, I should have wrote this myself. Yeah, I realized that's exactly what my first thought was. Yeah, that uh, yeah, maybe if I go write some terrible things about yeah. myself on the internet, somebody will say something yeah. nice. God, this guy's real <laughs> shitty, right? Guys, no. Anyone? Anybody? Defense. Anybody help Come me on. out? I'm not that bad, right, guys? I feel real sad about it. Uh, but yeah. Wow. So that went through. But yeah. So I know the stress levels of that shit, but it's great. You know, end result is, you know, if you miss, you know, you miss this last round, but it gives you opportunity to just keep playing. Yeah, keep playing. Get you, get you more uh, revved up to, to do it. Yeah, there's a there's a little backlash I feel like that people get uh, after failing to make a team, and it's 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 usually it's a little bit at themselves. It's a little bit about everybody that they're around. Yeah, and uh, and it, I feel like I feel like I know multiple people are kind of jaded after it. Like not, and it's not like they're giving up on it, but it's just like oh yeah, it takes like a, it takes a little here? while, and it's yeah for a few months it's just kind of stinky and the, yeah. the environment of the people who didn't make it or didn't get the call back or whatever. Uh, and I don't, I don't want that feeling. I know, and I, and I wish I'd like to say that I'm above it, but I don't know that I would be. I don't, I don't think you have. I don't think that's. I think that's crazy. Uh, if you want something to be above it, you know. Yeah. Above feeling bad about it, I would say like, go ahead, be in the weeds, 
Yeah. Be, hate it. Hate it for a week. Give yourself yeah. a week. Yeah. To fucking drown in your sorrows and hate every improviser that's ever lived and everybody in that room that watched you and judged you. Yeah. And didn't give you whatever you you deserved. Yeah. And then after that week, just fucking put your head down again and start working. Yeah. But, that's... but, but give yourself that week to, you know. Because if not, and you just hold it in and go like, oh man, that doesn't affect me. Yeah. Uh, it does. It does, yeah. It does. Yeah, that's that. Well, that's the upside of the, I think, of failing the audition is that, at, like, everybody eventually bounces back or does, like, this is my new, this is gonna be the new Herald team. We're creating this scene as the best people know. We're super serious about it. Right. And then they put in the work really hard yeah. out there. Yeah. Uh, which luckily I got into one of those groups of people who were like, we're going to work on our Yeah, yeah because it is. It. It's like that, you know, it's the peaks and valleys. Everybody starts getting stressed out or does too much improv. Yeah. And then you go like, oh, God, I'm doing this too much. Wait, auditions are when? Tomorrow? Oh, fuck. Okay. 40 sessions. Oh, <laughs> shit. What coaches are yeah, available? Yeah. I'll do a practice session. Oh, yeah. fuck. Can we do it? Oh, I didn't get on it. Fuck it then. Fuck it. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're going to be the best. And then that's going to, and then when you're going to do that best group, that's going to start fading because it's just going to be a lot of work. Yeah. You're going to take a hiatus and then boom, you're going to do another group. You know, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. Ah, Eugene, thank you so much. Sure. I, I you indulged my ridiculous amount of questions. I love it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And there are still more. Yeah. Yeah. But, we uh, got most of them. Who cares? We got most of them. Good. <laughs> All right. Thank you cool. for, for sure. what's going on. We, I'm going to stop recording. Hey, it's Josh Simpson and Jake Jabour from The Meat Improv. The Meat Improv is a comedy podcast where we bring on the best comedians in the world to tell meaty stories from their lives, and then they do improv comedy with us. You don't think we're good at improv? Check out this little snippet from Jake Jabour's real life. Hey, where's all my cats? <laughs> he never knows. The Meat Improv. You can listen to it on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. That's The Meat Improv.